Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. To work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. By Total Beverage, I am your host, Jesse Montano, and joined alongside AJ Hinkley. AJ, did you enjoy the first day of spring? Is that what today was? I found that. Er, see, I think it's tomorrow. I thought it was the 21st of every month. Someone told me earlier that it was today. It was nice out today. It would have tricked me into it being spring. Yeah, well, uh, let me see. The No, the Equinox was today. Oh, so there you go. First day of spring. How was it? Uh, I didn't go outside today. I was uh, I was feeling it after last night and uh, hung out and played video games all day today because it was essentially it was an off day for the Avs. It was an off day for us. I wrote my column after the game last night. Um, thanks to everybody who reached out and said they enjoyed it. I was surprised by the reception. It was <laughs> nice of y'all. Um, there you go. And uh, overall, man, can't complain. It's been a good day and. Uh, you know, hoping to finish it up with a uh, with a Canucks win tonight, <laughs> for sure. Well, AJ, not to rain on the parade, but let's just dive right into it. The Avalanche organization announced today that Connor Timmins is being officially shut down for the season, uh, as first reported by your very own BSN Denver. Uh, AJ, I'm I'm not gonna dance around it let's cut to the chase what does this mean for connor timmons and the abs going forward it's going to be a one full year without playing uh in a hockey game obviously it's not good um high level analysis there (laughs) like clearly this is this is a big step back um and a major disappointment in in the development of uh a very very well-regarded prospect um from from the Avs, um, this is this is a guy that that <laughs> I'm just I'm disappointed. You know, yeah. he was he was a guy that I was very excited about uh, when they drafted him. He was a personal favorite of mine. He had a great D plus one season, great showing at WJCs. I mean, everything was awesome. Um, you couldn't have asked for anything more from him. Uh, and then for this to have happened and for him to just not play at all, there's no doubt that it's a, it's a letdown. Uh, and it, and it just kind of feels like classic abs luck, right? Like people, people love to talk about, Oh, the abs haven't drafted and, and developed a guy beyond the first round who has done anything for them. You know, they've, they've drafted guys who went on to have success elsewhere, but they haven't gotten anybody to actually play for the abs beyond the first round since 2009. And Timmons was looking like one of the guys with the best shot, best shot to do that. Um, just because he had such a strong year in his D plus one and top prospects highly regarded around the NHL, you know, everything, everything, all good things. Um, but this is obviously, this is a big step back and this, this definitely will temper the expectations moving forward. Uh, where you're no longer sitting around saying, "Oh, well, this is you know, this is a guy that you build around or whatever." You know, this is 
when you when you roster bait, you can't you can't put him in there anymore because you just don't know. You don't know what you have with him. Right. And and so the question that a lot of people have been asking is is what does a setback like this do for someone's development? Because you see pros go down all the time. You know, Sidney Crosby, I think, is is and obviously that's Sidney Crosby's an elite, you know, great, you know, one of the greatest of all time. But, you know, that guy missed significant time with injuries. And when he came back, he picked it right up. Does the same type of thing happen for for kids at this age? Or does missing a full year like that, how much does that impact Connor Timmons' development? We don't know, right? I mean... Like, it's... So, we'll use the Joey Hishin example, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the one that uh, that abs fans are familiar with, and that that I get tweets about all the time. Oh, this is Joey Hishin all over again, mm-hmm. and then maybe it is. Uh, we just don't know yet. Um, the 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 thing with Joey Hishin though was that when he came back, he was a fundamentally different player. Mm-hmm. What made Joey Hishin such an intriguing prospect and and such a good player was that despite his size, he attacked. And he was aggressive, and he he got after people. And when he finally got through the concussions after Braden McNabb scrambled his brain, and he finally got through everything, right? And he got back on the ice, and he got back to playing hockey. He wasn't the same player. Mm-hmm. Uh, just his mentality and the the style of play. He was a fundamentally different player. Uh, he'd become much more perimeter-oriented player, and he was always – that's always when you're talking about small guys like that, undersized players and how they're going to succeed. That's the conversation that you have to have. Is this a perimeter-oriented player? Because those guys don't succeed in the NHL. They just don't. Mm-hmm. And those guys, you know, and then and the question is with the smaller guys, can they sustain? Can they hold up physically getting into those areas? And Joey Hishin couldn't. Mm-hmm. After after the concussions, with Connor Timmons, just because we're in the position that we're in, uh, we don't know who he is after the concussion, you know. And I've watched him. I've watched him practice uh, with the Avalanche time and time again. Uh, I think he's looked good. He's shown the flashes, the the tools that we all see. He doesn't when he is practiced with the Avalanche. He doesn't look out of place, and right. obviously, it's just practice. So you don't, you know, you don't get crazy over the top and oh my god this guy you know you don't you don't freak out too much about just your your everyday run-of-the-mill practice Mm -hmm. but it's telling to me that he hasn't looked out of place that he doesn't look overwhelmed by the speed that which they play and he's involved he was involved in all the drills uh he was just simply not allowed to get hit and to be honest it's not like there's much hitting going on in in a regular practice anyway right um, so he was, he's been going full speed in practices for months now. And it's just that he still occasionally gets the, the, the headaches off the ice. Um, and so they can't, you know, they can't open him up to getting, to getting hit in game action yet. So right. at this point, I've already talked my way around whatever your original question was, and I can't remember it anymore. <laughs> so well, let me ask you a new one then, and then we'll jump to break after. What should the expectations be for him next year? Because last year, you know, before the concussion, it was, hey, this is a kid we're expecting to push uh, for a roster spot out of camp. While mm-hmm. he'll probably end up in Loveland to start. Uh, this was the last cut now two years ago. The coaching staff obviously likes him. You and I had a hunch that, had he been able to come back when Eric Johnson went down a couple months ago, we had a we had a hunch that maybe they would drop him right into the NHL and, and see what they have. Can't imagine any of those expectations hold true for next training camp. Yeah, I think next year, especially because the, the advantage he had this year going pro was that he did not have to deal with Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. And he could make a name for himself. Uh, right. He could separate. You know, he could get that extra experience. Um, but he's he's going to be competing with McCarr next year. 
Um, and and then you know whatever whatever else they decide to do defensively, which I think we'll talk about later. But um, expectations, it should definitely be. And and the other thing is, is that there's also a year, an extra year for Nicholas Malosh in in the AHL. And so that's, you know, realistically, that should be one step closer to uh, being a call-up for the Avs. Mm-hmm. And so that's just more that's just more competition uh for 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 Timmins to to make the roster and that's one more guy that he has to outplay and they're both right-handed so they're going to have to split duties um you know like they're going to cut into each other's minutes assuming and all of this is under the assumption that he gets healthy by September. Right, right, right. Uh, it's March right now. I want to feel optimistic about it, so I'm just going to say hey Let's just assume he's healthy for right now, just for projecting him forward. Otherwise, there's no point in talking about what to expect from him next year if he's not healthy. Right. But I would say, realistically, you never know. You never, you never know, like what the injury situation is going to be. You know, we always project EJ to get hurt, and here we are with nine games left, and the guy's been a rock this year. Right. Right. So, you know, and honestly, the defense as a whole this this season from the outs really hasn't had to deal with much in the way of injuries uh, outside of uh, Mark Barbario constantly getting hurt randomly over and over and over. Which but, sucks, but... Yeah, it's awful. You know, you and I have talked a bunch of times about what a great guy he is and how easy he is to root for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the defense as a whole, you know, uh, Ian Cole missed those those couple of games. Uh, he missed about what ten games. Um, Zadorov, same thing. Uh, but after you know, and uh, EJ's played most of, of the games. Barry's only missed a handful here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, there really hasn't been a, a hurt defense this year. If that if that's true again next year, and you add in Kale McCarr, um, your hope for Timmins is, hey, I hope he has a good year in the AHL because there's a there's a realistic chance that he does not see a lot of NHL time next season if the if they stay healthy. Especially the emergence of Ryan Graves means that that's another quality young guy that they can have as a depth defenseman. So, you know, you bring that guy back and, you know, there's just there's more quality young guys that are starting to take over this defense. Well, there you go. Uh, you mentioned his name a bunch, Kale McCarr. We are expecting to be in the NHL sooner rather than later. But we want to make sure that the expectations for the rookie Hobie Baker top 10 finalist are appropriate. So we'll talk a little bit about that on the other side. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley here, hanging out, talking abs defenseman specifically right now uh abs prospect defenseman we talked connor timmons being shut down for the year in the last segment and now we want to talk a little bit about the you know the one that everyone's got their eyes on kale mccarr had an absolutely fantastic sophomore season uh in the in the ncaa he was named today as a hobie baker top 10 finalist as a sophomore, which is no small feat. AJ, from the moment he was drafted, Tyson Berry uh, has been deemed expendable by this fan base. Oh, you got Kale McCarr coming. He'll make up that point production. While you hope that that is eventually true, uh, 
You look at Rasmus Dahlin, who is being looked at as the next real generational defenseman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's sitting in the high 30s right now for points. From a point production, for, uh, you know, not even from a point production standpoint, what is the fair expectation uh, for a, a rookie Kale McCarr coming in next year? Well, I think, um, you know, well, in, first off, what Darlene's done this year is absolutely special. Uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as an 18-year-old in the NHL, uh, I think if he gets to the 40-point mark, he only becomes like the second or third teenage defenseman to ever hit that mark. So yeah. that's absolutely special. Uh, but Kale McCarr is going to be coming into the league a little bit older. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he's already 20. Uh, by the by, I think his birthday is a late October birthday, so he'll be he'll be 21 next year uh, for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So you're you're talking about not quite the same uh, level of youth there, right? But I think the guy that you can really look to is Thomas Shabbat. You know, Shabbat was a guy who came in very similar uh, type of of profile. In terms of uh, the offensive defenseman, the points, and that was the guy that oh he's gonna he's gonna destroy right he's gonna come right in he's gonna step in, he's gonna have a huge season, mm-hmm. and he had a he had a very fine rookie year twenty five points in his first season. No, mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Like this is there's nothing wrong with that. But you look at his second year this year where he's blown up into a fifty point guy. That I think is a lot more realistic for Kale McCarr. I think using using the Thomas Shabbat development track there, because same age, you know Shabbat's twenty two this season, uh, so twenty one uh, he turned twenty. Well, I mean middle of the season. So last year he was twenty and twenty one in his rookie year, the same as McCarr is going to be, mm-hmm. and you know he put up a twenty five point season. I think that's a pretty fair expectation for McCarr, especially if they keep Tyson Berry around. Because if they do keep Barry, then you're talking about the, the the power play time that so frequently leads to these inflated uh, point totals from defensemen. You know, there there aren't a lot of defensemen out there scoring 40 even strength points a year, you know? Right. So heavy, heavy power play time, heavy power play everything, that's that's a big key in terms of the point scoring. I just don't know that Kale McCarr is going to be given that especially with Sam Gerrard, especially if they keep Tyson Berry around. I don't know that McCarr will get top billing right away next year. And so I think a fair expectation, especially minutes-wise, you know, uh, even not, not even just power play, right? Like you're talking, how much do we really expect Kale McCarr to play per night? Now, I don't think it'll be like a heavily sheltered, he plays 14 minutes a night, but mm-hmm. he's not going to walk in next year and be a 22-minute-per-night guy. What about you look locally? Sam Gerard, is that maybe the kind of usage we could expect out of Kale McCarr next year, the same that we saw last year out of Gerard? Um, I think that's probably fair. The usage, not necessarily the production, but the right. usage. Just the minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, the the fact that uh, that the defense is a little deeper, will be a little deeper for Colorado than it was uh, for, for when McCarr's rookie season happens than it was for Gerard's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that ob- that obviously played to uh, Gerard's strength, you know, to his advantage, that he could, he could get a little bit of extra time, right? Because, uh, you know, Gerard, Gerard played just under 18 minutes last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and was fifth on the team when they really had five defensemen that they rotated in uh, regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, because they had they had a lot of six defensemen last year. You know, Barbario and Anton Lindholm played forty eight games last year, which is wild <laughs> to think about. It's crazy, yeah. It's it's crazy to think that Anton Lindholm played forty eight games last year, and this year was like the eighth option, <laughs> right? So goes to, goes to show you a lot can change in a year, huh? <laughs> yeah, no um, kidding, man. But you look at you look at next year, and you look at uh, the abs. I mean, you look at the Gerard's bump. He's he's right at twenty minutes this year. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, I think I think the the eighteen minutes. I think that's a really good, um, a really good call by you. Honestly, I think that's a really good expectation. Is that that's what he'll that's that's a good area for him to start off. Now, obviously, if he if he comes in and he rips it up and he's just he's outplaying guys, yeah, then you're not going to have any problem being like, okay, well, we'll just change this up. <laughs> you know, we'll right. we'll give this guy a little bit more because Gerard did only play about fifteen and a half even strength minutes last year for the Avs. Okay. Um, so you know that's that's not a ton. You know, and he averaged a little over two minutes of power play time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now having had the second year, because we all watched Kale McCarr last year, and it was, yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> that didn't look like a fourth overall that we should be very high on. But you look at what he's done this year, and he took a program <laughs> that everyone – and I will wear I, I I will eat this crow all day long. Everyone, obviously including myself, looked at that program and said, Oh my gosh, we're trusting the Avs first like real blue chip non-NHL prospect to UMass Amherst. Mm-hmm. And holy smokes, he's taken that program and I mean, completely changed it in just two years. I mean, they're now a hockey East. I mean, they're, they're a hockey East powerhouse this year. And a right. lot of that is, is, you know, because of him. And again, like I said, he's a, he's a top 10 Hobie Baker finalist as a sophomore. Now having seen what he did this year and the steps forward he took and the physicality in his play and his smarts and his skating, what are you expecting out of Kale McCart? Maybe not next year, but what are we looking at as a possible ceiling for this kid? Well, when he was drafted, the hope was this guy's going to be um, Eric Carlson-esque. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the first year, you thought, boy, he's got a long way to go to get to that. Yep, yep. Uh, and then after the second year, you know, this how this year has gone, uh, I think I'm a lot more comfortable feeling that way again. That... You you hope he reaches Eric Carlson level uh, of of greatness. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things that he just does, man, they're just special. He it's so fluid. Everything he does, it's just Nathan McKinnon is obviously in in un, you know the, we're very lucky here in Colorado. We get to watch some of the best skaters in the league. Uh, you know, Sam Gerrard's obviously a very gifted skater. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Again, obviously, Tyson Berry's a really strong skater, puck handler. Mm-hmm. But you watch Kale McCarr and the way that he transitions and the way that he changes position of his body, uh, of you know the angle at which his hips are rotating and the puck and all that stuff. It's just special, man. Yep. I mean, the only when I when I watch McCarr skate, he reminds me of McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I was telling someone like, that the other night. That's that's the way that his he explodes into his stride and those first three steps. That's where he does most of his damage speed wise. You know, that's and that's the big difference when you watch the guys like McKinnon and McCarr versus a guy like say McDavid, where mm-hmm. McDavid doesn't have that same level of explosion, but his top speed is is unparalleled. Yeah. And his edge work and his ability to to skate and and play at that speed is what makes him so crazy special, right? But the those first couple of steps where that that initial separation takes place, that is where McKinnon is in a in a class of his own for another nine games, <laughs> right. and then you know for for the rest of the season, and then next year he's going to have somebody on his own team. That's going to be able to match him. Honestly, I can't wait for overtime next year. (laughs) I just, I am dying, especially if they get Jack Hughes. I am dying for like McKinnon, Hughes, and McCarr on the ice in overtime together, just for the skating alone. Like (laughs) that's where you get the puck and you watch the other team retreat to their blue line and go, okay, we're good. Yeah. And, and hope that you turn it over because they're not going to take it away from you. 
Right. Like that's absolutely true. Like that's they have to make a mistake here. Yeah. Like, but just with those guys, not even dreaming on the Hughes or anything, but like just with those couple of guys, man. I mean, that's Makar is going to be and and because he has the uh, the kind of offensive upside that he does, and because he is um I think he'll end up being a better defender than than Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. He's going to be such a nasty weapon in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. It's it's watching him this year has been uh, special. You always have to keep those expectations tampered a bit because all kinds of stuff can happen. But, man, it's hard to not get really excited after watching him this year. Uh, in his absolutely at, at UMass, and even if and even if you know the he does have a Shabbat esque first season where it's only twenty five to thirty points, you know that's still going to be really nice. Look at Colorado's defense right now. Well, Tyson why... Berry has fifty one points, and then you go all the way down to Sam Gerrard at twenty one and Eric, Eric Johnson at twenty, and then Cole has fourteen, Zadorov has eleven, Nemeth has eight. If you replace that eight from Nemeth, just whoop, cut, cut, gone, mm-hmm. and re- drop in an, another 25 on, on defense with Kale McCarr. And 25, like, let's be honest, that's a pretty conservative number here, right. given the hype that this kid has generated. Mm-hmm. 20, just add the 25, you're talking about, okay, great, that's more secondary scoring. Right. That's, you're off to a really good start. If And that's assuming, again, you keep Barry around, that's a, that's impressive. Like you, you'll take that. If for him to to get to heights higher than that, for him to turn into a 40, 50 point guy, ooh, baby. <laughs> All right, AJ, let's uh, let's take a quick break and let's explore something you just said there. Assuming that Tyson Berry isn't around, and we'll explain a little bit more of that what I'm talking about on the other side, BS and avalanche podcast presented by total beverage. We will be right back. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency, hands down, is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one time a year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service. And I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway. with so full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we 
cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. AJ Hayfley is is not me. That's the other one you're hearing from. True. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley here talking abs decor. Uh, AJ, there's I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts for the abs organization this summer as far as uh, – you know, they've got some cap to spend. Uh, I, I think they are going to go out and try to try to make their team better. Odds are it probably won't be on defense, though. They're probably going to go out and add up front. And this decor has been looked at for a long time as not very good. <laughs> and And for many years, justifiably so. Yeah. But they are they are in a position next year where they've got a pretty good decor. They've had a pretty good decor this year, and it kind of is what it is. Eric Johnson's under contract. Uh, Ian Cole still has two more years on his deal. Uh, Mark Barbario has one more year. Nikita Zadorov is RFA, so you're expecting him back. Uh, really, the kind of one question mark is is Tyson Bear, and I and I should have said, and you're expecting Kale McCarr to be there next year as well. Uh, obviously, entering the first year of his entry level deal. Let's let's talk first scenario if Tyson Berry leaves. What is this decor? Probably, assuming, um, just for the sake of the argument, Tyson Berry gets traded for a uh, for a forward. All right. What does this decor look like and how comfortable are you with where it stands? Well, it's interesting um, because you have, if, if Barry gets dealt and there's no other addition, um, oh my God, this game is nuts. Um, talking about the eight one-timer attempts to Alex Ovechkin? Yeah. Consecutive? Yeah. I liked the, uh, fake shot pass. He's done it a couple times I've seen in his career where he winds up for that big one and sends it back door. Yeah. Uh, man, if he could, if he could really hone that in, that's another one. That'd be like a guarantee every time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sorry. Continue. But yeah, so you look at the group, say, so Barry's gone and then you just replace Barry with Makar. Mm-hmm. You expect Nemeth to walk in free agency as well. Yep. So you just bring back, just boom, Barry gone, Makar in, and then um, Nemeth gone, and then you bring everybody else back, and you again you have you have Gerard Johnson, and then you'd have Cole Makar, uh, and then you would have Zadorov, Graves, and Barbario. Mm-hmm. I mean, Graves. I didn't mention Graves. Knowing I that, blew it. Knowing that Barbario, you know, had sort of a lost lost season this year, uh, and if he can get back to the guy that he was last year, you know, I mean, that's Mark Barbario had 13 points last year in 46 games. You well, know, outside that, of him just being a nice guy, there was a reason I was happy with them bringing him back. Absolutely, I, I didn't mind his year last year. I think when he's been in games this year, he hasn't been good. He has not been any good. But I thought I thought last season Mark Barbario was a quality, legitimate NHL defenseman for the Avs. Yeah, he was a he was a good third pairing guy, and mm-hmm. he was a good third pairing guy the year before that when they picked him up on waivers. Mm-hmm. Like Barbario has been a he's had a solid for for who he is and what he does. He's a solid third pairing uh, rotational guy. He's been used exactly properly in his Colorado career. For the most part, mm-hmm. you know, there was that when he first got here and they played him on the top pairing next to next to Johnson. And it was like, eh, it's not that bad. A lot better than Boschman and Fedor Tutin. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the one thing that you do wonder, all right, this is a team that's going to have about $36 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. The one thing you do wonder, do they try and go and get another guy in free agency? Say you move Barry out. 
You're still okay. gonna. I mean, that's five million dollars, not knowing exactly what they get in return. That's that's five and a half million dollars that they would add to that. They they could be sitting at forty one million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Now it's not an amazing group on defense this year. You know, it it never is because teams are fanatical about locking up their defensemen. Right. But you still have a couple of guys out there that might interest you, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Eric Carlson, Tyler Myers, uh, Jake Gardner, Anton Strawman, Alex Edler, even though Edler's 32, he's still a good NHL player. That's got to be a short deal, though. Right. Well, and I don't personally, I don't think Edler's going to leave Vancouver. But yeah. Point being, like this, this is the the list we're looking at right now. Until until these guys all re up somewhere, I think I think to me of that list that you just named, I think Tyler Myers would make the most sense if you're if you are trying to add on that back end. Well, and and Tyler Myers is kind of is is kind of a, it's a little more offensively oriented. Ian Cole, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a big guy. Um, it's a big body that, that is going to play a lot of minutes for you and it's going to cost a lot of money. Um, and, and he's going to be, he, he's going to be an interesting guy as he ages, you know, but he does give you obviously quite a bit more offense than Cole does, but right. it would be, it would be an interesting, an interesting fit. If that guy, uh, if, if Tyler Myers would, would actually be that guy. Mm-hmm. Because he's another guy who could score a bunch of goals for you. I mean, you could have a Zadorov Myers pairing <laughs> and just have like 14 feet of, of of fear. Yeah. Patrolling the blue line next to one another. Well, and so and and that's why I mentioned him, because if you're moving Barry out and you're saying, all right, McCarr's coming in, we've got Gerard. Uh, you know, if you're if you're going to go out, if you're gonna move on from a from a top four defenseman only to go back into free agency and get one, get something you didn't have before. And that's why I say that because you just, you, you look at that list of free agents and to your point, it's not, it's not a class that moves the needle a bunch. Um, But I think when you look in that, look at that of those kind of top defensemen that might be available, um, I think that's that's a guy that would that would make sense that I would be comfortable with them going out and getting after trading a defenseman. Well, and and like that's where you're like, hey, like Jake Gardner's a good defenseman, but you know, he's he's gonna be similar to, to what you had in Barry. Right. Which at, at that, that point, point just keep Barry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so let's let's explore that. Well, and what about that conversation? So let's say you have a defense where you've got Gerard McCarr and Barry on it. You sign, let's let's say Barry, you're able to talk Barry into doing a Shattenkirk-like deal for that free agent contract mm-hmm. where, yeah, you are paying him seven, seven and a half million, but you're only doing it over four years instead of seven. Mm-hmm. You know, so you only do that over the four years. That's, and and that removes a lot of the concern that people like me have about how the legs are going to hold up for Barry as as he gets into his mid thirties, mm-hmm. because if you did a four year deal, you know that's he turns twenty eight this summer. You know that uh, that takes him into his early thirties, mm-hmm. right? So, gosh, Tyson Barry's going to be twenty nine next year. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Time flies, man. Oh yeah, so not next season, but next year. Right in the summer of 2020. Um, so yeah, he because he turns 28 this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so when his contract ends, he gets into free agency. He'll be he'll be 29. Um, and you give him a four year deal that takes him to 33, and then you can reassess from there. There's still risk in that, but the big thing is that you have to worry about at that point the expansion draft becomes a real problem for you. Yeah. Because, um, you know, at that point, you're you're asking Eric Johnson to waive his no movement clause to be exposed. Because you want you're going to want to keep Barry, you're going to want to keep um, Zadorov, you're going to want to maybe. I mean, at that two years from now, maybe you're protecting Timmins. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting um how that goes right how how all because that's 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 an, you're gonna obviously you're gonna keep gerard yeah um so that's that's the x factor in all of the, in all of the bring back barry stuff is the expansion draft looms where how good is tyson barry versus losing a guy for free you know losing in nikita zadora for free mm-hmm. if you go out and and sign tyler myers and replace barry with tyler myers you're still in the same problem right you're still in the same expansion draft problem but with barry can you survive defensively how good defensively are you going to be with uh barry gerard and mccarr back there now i again i expect both mccarr and gerard gerard is already better defensively than barry yeah but I expect McCarr to get there too, but you're you're not going to be a big physical defense because we know Eric Johnson's not a big physical guy, and when Ian Cole gets big and physical, he takes a penalty. <laughs> so uh, it's really just at that point, it's really Nikita Zadorov is going to be on his own as the one guy teams don't want to play against in terms of physicality. I'll bet you. Now, how much is that going to matter defensively? I'll bet you Kale McCarr is going to. Uh... Oh, he'll lay some more. Uh, so he, he, We've seen it at every level. He, he's going to jar a few more teeth than I think people are expecting. That kid has absolutely. He's he's six. He's what six foot, just shy of. But right at right about. Six I mean, foot, we yeah. have seen him absolutely drop some people much bigger than him, even at the college level. Guys that are bigger, stronger, older. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to be dropping people the way Zadorov does in open ice. But I'll bet you, I'll bet you, Makar is going to catch some people off guard. For sure, but when you talk about opposing scouting reports and you're talking about how opposing right, players right, right. approach playing against them, how how is it that dude Washington has fifty shots on? Mm-hmm. They have like they have twenty just on the power play. This is this has been a fun game to watch. Anyway, um, how do you how do you expect teams to teams to attack that? Can you survive? Is my question. With the defense that is not going to be that physical. Well, Obviously, they're going to be really skilled. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a lot of ability moving forward. And that's that gets, say, Timmons ends up being healthy. And moving forward, Timmons replaces uh, Cole down the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. How you're, I mean, you're, you're getting even less physical then because Timmons certainly isn't that guy. Um, can you survive with a defense that is that 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 lacks physicality that much? Like your opinion, because we talk about how it's the NHL has changed yep. and the puck movers are in. And we're seeing it all the time. We're seeing sub six foot defensemen flooding the first round of the draft. Mm-hmm. Teams are going all in on this. But at the same time, you see when you get to the postseason, you see these good teams. They all have guys. They all have thumpers back there that can lay the wood, that make life miserable playing against them. And, you know, playing defense all the time is also miserable. But you're not going to be able to play offense 100% of the game. At some point, you're going to be in your own zone. And how how important is physicality to modern-day defense is the real question here. It's the real crux of this do you bring back Tyson Berry? You know, it's it's a real, you know, financials and points and all of that. Like, for me, I'd love to just see him keep everybody. You've built this defense. It's taken forever. Just let him go out there and see what all these guys can do together. Mm-hmm. But it's a fair question. How can... So let me, let me interrupt you. And I'm just sitting here thinking about... So this exact... Again, this... So... Let's say they keep Tyson Berry. And so at that point, you're effectively replacing Patrick Nemeth with Kale McCarr, right? And for me, you sit there and you say, all right, I'm going to run Gerard out with Johnson, just like we've done this year. And to me, Johnson plays physical enough, not, not an issue, physical enough for today's NHL. Again, he's not someone that's laying huge hits, but he can win, you know, he can win some wall battles. Yeah, he does a good job along the wall with the stick. And then you, so then you step back one and you say, all right, uh, Tyson Berry, Ian Cole. As as you pointed out last week, that's been a pairing that has worked just fine for the Avs. Ian Cole's got to get the penalties under control. But again, that's a guy who, 
it's worked. It's worked with him and Tyson Berry for for large chunks of this year, uh, like you pointed out. And then you've got Zadorov and you've got Makar. To me, if you keep those guys paired up in ways where it's you're you're not rolling out, you know, two of your smaller guys. Obviously, you're going to do that for ozone starts and things like that. But as long as your primary pairings feature at least one guy that does have a physical edge, I'm not worried about it until it doesn't work. Because I don't know, you know, Nashville, I know, has rolled out a bunch of, you know, smaller puck moving guys, and that decor is, has worked out all right. So if you maybe if you can match each one of those guys up, so you've always got, you know, either Gerard, Barry, or McCarr on the ice, and at the same time, you've always got one of Zadorov, Johnson, or Cole. To me, I, I don't think that's much of an issue. So to answer your question, I think you could get through with that. Now, that being said, as much of a Tyson Berry advocate as I am, if you can go get Tyler Myers for a couple years, then yeah, like you said, you drop him and Z on a line together whenever you need to, you know, <laughs> scare someone. Hello, Winnipeg Jets. That's what you roll out there. And that kind of works as your modern day enforcer Peter Worrell line, you know? Yeah. And and so to me, I Peter Worrell is a really random pull. Well, just because I mean that was that was that was during the era of all right, you've got this group of guys that's literally just out here to scare the crap out of the opposing team. And I yeah. think six foot six Zadorov and six foot eight Tyler Myers would do that. Yeah, I just think of all the enforcers like in Ab's history, you picked the guy who played like. And, and I don't know why that name popped into my head. Um, <laughs> That's all I was commenting yeah. on is that it, it seemed like such a random. Like Cody McLeod played here for like eight years. Cody McLeod's not you an know, enforcer, like, dude. <laughs> well, like Scott Scott Parker's like yeah. A legend, yeah right? I, I guess I could have gone with Parker, but it didn't you know? Like even even Jeff Rogers was and like Chris <laughs> Simon. Those guys were all dope, uh, like dope fighters, you know. And so you're like Peter Worrell. <laughs> All of those guys would eat Cody McLeod for lunch, dude. Uh, that was why I didn't say okay. Cody McLeod. But well, I, I just, I just Peter Worrell, the Worrell specifically <laughs> poll was, was and, funny. And what was cause... funny is when I said that, I actually had a specific clip from uh, I think it was the uh, ESPN documentary that documented the uh, Solani Korea team. I think there was a specific clip from that where Peter Worrell was talking that made me think about it. So that was why that name came to me. But, you know, I'm I'm not worried about that because it's something new. It's something that fits with today's game. And I think it's something that, that like you said, you've built this defense and now you're finally at a point where you're you're adding to it and you're you're tweaking with it. Not so much as having like, all right, we gotta go out and get someone. And if you want to keep Barry around, if the right trade's not there, which again, I'm not saying they should do, or I'm not saying it won't be. I'm just saying right. hypothetically, right. oh man, that's a weak one to get through. Um, yeah. If you keep it, if you keep him, roll it out. Maybe maybe having one of Gerard, Barry, or Makar on the ice at all time is going to end up being an absolute nightmare for teams. And uh, and you can make something happen. So it's one of those things where I'm I'm up for trying it until it doesn't work. And then you you find a different solution, but maybe that's what you do with some of that thirty six million, right? Is that you invest it in next into a Barry extension that would kick in the next season? Yeah, maybe maybe you know Gerard too. I mean, it would be smart for them to try and get Gerard on a long term mm-hmm. deal. If if I here's here's my my final thought on this. If you want to keep Barry, use some of that thirty something million dollars. Do it. If that's truly what you think is going to be the best for you, and if you move on from Barry, you'd have to go get another defenseman anyways, keep him, pay the man. Like you said, pay Gerard. You're obviously going to have to pay Rantanen. And guess what? You're still going to have some left over to go out and make a splash in free agency. And uh, it'll be interesting, man. Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun summer. They're gonna have so much money to play with, and I think they're gonna have a mindset of let's go to mm-hmm. work. And it's setting up to be a the rare free agent class with impact players at all three positions. I think you um, could see the Avs go into a um, 
not as extreme, uh, but kind of a Columbus, and, and obviously not as close to the edge, but kind of a Columbus Blue Jackets where it's, hey, we've done the rebuilding thing. We've done the, now, like you said, you've spent all this time building it. You've got your core in place. You've got your young guys in place. You've got prospects that you think are coming next year. Let's go for it. Let's let's be done with this whole push it off, push it off next year, next year, next year, next year, and do what you think you got to do to put a winning product on the ice. Um, Absolutely, man. We're going to talk a lot about this. Yeah, and 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 I I think that's got to be the mindset they have to have because you've rebuilt and you've rebuilt and you've rebuilt and you've rebuilt and you got to a point last year everyone said all right here's some legitimate success it wasn't cheap you you earned it and for them to come back this year and while a lot of us kind of expected that hey this might happen and and hey maybe they're not quite there yet you can only keep doing that for so long man and that was why i was such a fan of what columbus did this year because they said, we can't keep doing that. Our fans won't allow it. And so YOLO, we are not going to keep doing it. Um, and I would love to see something like that out of uh, out of Joe next summer. Or this summer. Just <laughs> a few weeks away. Ah, this summer and next summer are still the same right, thing. Right. So. Uh, AJ, any last words for us? No. All right. I'm literally, I'm, I'm literally have a guy in my mentions right now whining about Barry's defensive oh, sure. ability. So, you know, it's you, you know, my day is complete, <laughs> baby. It's not a real day until someone complains about Tyson Barry. Yeah, it's either Tyson Barry or mm-hmm. Ian Cole, one of those two, or, or Tyson Jost. If it's not, if it's if somebody doesn't complain to me every day about one of those three players, does the day really happen? <laughs> right. It doesn't. <laughs> All right, AJ, let's go ahead and get out of here for the evening. The next voice you hear on the BS and Avalanche podcast will be that of Adrian Dater, uh, along with a special guest. He always likes to keep us on the edge of our seats with who the guests are, so we always get a, a hint at who it might be, but we're left guessing just as long as you guys are. Uh, so we will see who that is tomorrow. But until then, for Adrian Dater and AJ Hayfley, I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys all so much for listening.